This is DJ Dr. Chris. And it's your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. Today, I'm going to be talking about complications due to hip impingement. And I will be discussing chronic fatigue syndrome. All right. And after that, we'll pop open a bottle and see what comes out. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm so excited for this week. Okay, Bree. So how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Uh, this is going to be my last uh, episode on hip impingement, at least for a while. So hip impingement month is finally coming to a close. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished my thyroid series last week. So we are moving on to something that could also be related to thyroid, but is its own diagnosis in itself. Cool. I'm excited to hear about it. So you want me to just jump right into it today? Yeah, go ahead and finish up your series. Okay, so quick reminder, hip impingement, pain in the front of the hip. Uh, it's multifactorial. We've been over sort of why it happens uh, and some things you can do. Uh, <clears throat> so there's also these other patterns or sort of subsets of issues that develop because of hip impingement or, or FAI as it's known. So uh, one thing that's really common is having a paralabral cyst. Okay, so these things are benign. Um, we're not really sure why they develop, but it's a, a little cyst. Oh, it's like a collection of fluid. Um, and the location kind of matters on this one. So this happens in the shoulder too, by the way. If you have a labral tear, really common to get a cyst in the shoulder. And sometimes it's symptomatic or not, just depending on where it is. Uh, the research on this is pretty thin. There's a lot of case studies out there. But uh, if it's on the backside of the, the hip, it can, it has been shown to put pressure on the sciatic nerve and cause sciatic type symptoms. Uh, so super common, about 70% of people with a hip impingement um, will develop a paralabral cyst, although that the normal population will only have about a 5% chance of a cyst. Okay, so another development that tends to happen is something called well, SSI, so subspine impingement. This one is like super obscure. So this is, if you've ever heard of Osgood slaughters, like the bump on your knee that develops, that's a, uh, your rectus femoris, your quad muscle, it pulls away at the bone below your knee. Well, that same muscle where it inserts or really originates on the top of the hip, well, it's, it's the, the bottom of the pelvis, really. Uh, it kind of had the same effect there and avulse or kind of cause like a tendonitis in the front. And usually with that, you know, like a straight leg raise would be painful. Uh, and finally, there's something called ischiofemoral impingement. And this is where the femur comes too close to the pelvis. Um, and there's a little muscle in there called your quadratus femoris. It tends to get really tight. Uh, that may cause that, or it may be the other way around, where the femur squeezes that little muscle. Uh, and the sciatic nerve runs right behind that. So you can get radiating pain down the back of the leg into the groin. So a lot of the, that's what's so complicated about hip impingement. There's a lot of these overlapping symptoms and it's really difficult to determine what's causing what. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully that wasn't too much, but those are three sort of main complications. I did talk about SI joint pain that develops too. That, that kind of deserved its own topic. Uh, yeah, I feel like SI joint is a totally different session yeah. for another time because it has a lot, it can what appear different ways, not normally the same way. Like some people are like, oh, I have IT band pain or it's my quad and it's really coming from the SI joint, so. Yeah, well just know that hip impingement can cause SI joint pain, but so, so can other things too, so. Yeah. 
So that's what I got in the rehab corner. Have you seen anything like that? Have you, have you heard of ischial femoral uh, impingement? That one's super rare too. That one's super like rare, super unknown. Yeah. Seen it, um, but like usually when it gets to a search situation where I don't know what's going on, I refer a lot of people to ortho doctors. Mm -hmm. So. Well, now they, you know you can refer to me. <laughs> Yes, we always refer to physical therapy, but if physical therapy isn't helping and the patient's still in pain, then yeah. the next step is an orthopedic. Yeah, I mean, I think this is why I've been so obsessed with uh, hip impingement. Because I think, well, first of all, like I didn't even really learn about it in school. Um, it's kind of come to light in the past decade or so. Um, and I think a lot of therapists feel, I know I did at least, like, I don't know what to do with this thing. It's super complicated. I didn't really learn much about it. And, you know, you know, usually the bony changes are to blame. Well, that's what the thinking is, but I'm sort of thinking that there's other complications too that may not be related to the bone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but it could be, you never know. So I was like, that way we can do more research and you can actually um, hopefully get a better answer. One of the sort of safe things that most people can do, as long as it's pain-free, is strengthen the glutes, glute max, glute medius, and sort of loosen the adductor. The adductor tends to get really stiff in just about all these little subsets. So that's sort of a general principle. Well, obviously, you only want to do stuff that's pain-free. Of course. <laughs> so with this weekly dose of BS, we're going to be discussing chronic fatigue syndrome. So pretty much, I feel like I have this, but I've never been medically diagnosed with it, but I'm always constantly, every single day, tired. Um, so chronic fatigue syndrome is a complicated disorder characterized by extreme fatigue that usually lasts six months or longer. It can't fully be explained by any underlying medical condition, but the fatigue worsens with physical or mental activity and does not improve with rest. This is why I say I have it. So other characteristics may include sleep that isn't refreshing, difficulty with memory, focus, and concentration, dizziness that worsens with moving from lying down or sitting to standing. This is another reason. Remember that time I had that really bad dizzy spell and we couldn't figure out what it was? I feel like it was this, but I mean, I I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Um, so another name for chronic fatigue syndrome is myelitic encephalomyelitis, abbreviation ME. I like that a lot better. Um, so the cause of chronic fatigue syndrome is unknown and there's no re real single test to confirm like, oh, blood work, this is what you have. They just do a couple of tests to rule out any other health issues to see if you have this problem. Now they say some symptoms that they have found from person to person um, is fatigue, of course, problems with memory or concentration, sore throat, which I still don't understand that unless you're sleeping with your mouth open, headaches, enlarged lymph nodes in your neck or armpits, unexplained muscle or joint pain, dizziness that worsens with moving from lying down or sitting to standing, unrefreshing sleep and extreme exhaustion after physical or mental exercise. Okay, some of the causes, viral infection, immune system problems, hormonal imbalance, or physical or emotional trauma. And then the risk factors are age, 
most chronic fatigue syndromes occur at any point in time in your lifespan, but it's commonly in young to middle age adults. And women are most often diagnosed than men, but they feel like women complain about their symptoms a little bit more than men do when they go to the physician. Yeah, I wonder how much of this is like overlap with maybe like undiagnosed sleep apnea. You know, I'm sure some of that. It can be. So that's what they said, like sleep disorders, medical problems, mental health issues. So with sleep disorders, chronic fatigue syndrome is a sleep disorder within itself. Um, but it can be determined, be determined if you rest, if rest is being obstructed by disorders such as obstructive sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, or insomnia. I feel like in the next five to 10 years, we're going to find out a lot of these things that we don't really know a lot about are going to be sort of gut related and uh, microbiome dietary stuff, because a lot of research is starting to come out now. A lot of these um, conditions of the brain are really just chronic inflammation, things like ADHD, they're kind of linking to this chronic brain inflammation. Because if you have inflammation in your gut, it can travel up towards your brain through your vagus nerve. Oh, yeah, I totally believe that the, your gut health has a lot of, you know, dealings with your brain, your joints, your muscles, like a lot of this is related to your gut. And if you're like allergic or have a sensitivity to something you're eating, it, it just causes these irritations and inflammation that keeps going on and on and on. And a lot of people don't realize it. Our diet really does like your gut is like number two compared to your brain, if not interchangeable. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've been on this uh, carnivore diet for a few months now. And you know, supposedly one of the things it does is change your gut microbiome and my energy levels through the roof. I feel so much better. I lost a bunch of weight. So I'll probably do a whole podcast on the carnivore diet coming up. That'll be good. Yeah, it's a controversial I'll, one, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's controversial, but I mean, it is what it is. Most diets are controversial. Yep. You should always be cleared by your medical professional before doing any of this. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, as a medical professional or a physical therapist, I clear you to have a glass of wine. I clear myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write you a referral. Oh, so let's pop this bottle. So Chris, I am back on my vodka kick. Mm -hmm. I'm not drinking wine right now, but we are drinking vodka. So I, I'm more of a, not like a flavored vodka girl, but I like vodka waters, vodka sodas. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm on like a, just the kettle, like organic blossom one, the cucumber mint. I'm drinking that with just like a lime club soda and just having a refreshing drink before I go to bed tonight. What are you drinking? Uh, I kind of, I'm following in your footsteps a little bit, moving away from wine temporarily, just taking a small break. And uh, I'm drinking Mezcal on the rocks. You ever had Mezcal? Oh, look at that. That sounds yeah. fancy. Yeah, it's uh, made of baby agave. Uh, it's, it's delicious. I, you know, I don't really like tequila, but Mezcal I can I can hang with. Look at so, there, look at there. Mm -hmm. And my brother kind of turned me on to it. So cheers to him, Andrew. We'll see you soon. Yay. So shall we get into our restaurants? Yes, 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 yes. So last week, guys, we told you that I was going to do an update because I didn't have a happy hour, but we were going to Ninja. It's a new hibachi that's on airport in Vanderbilt. So we went there and we didn't do the hibachi, but we did, we ate sushi and the sushi was phenomenal. They had a variety of sushi rolls, sashimi, like it was 
like I swear, maybe a page and a half, two pages worth. So it's a really good, I give it an A plus. We go there, like we've been, we went there Friday and we ate there again at some point this week. So we really enjoy it. Now, are you more into the rolls? Or are you more into the like sashimi and nigiri? Like what's your thing? I'm more into the rolls. Rolls, yeah. I love my avocado with my cream cheese, cucumbers, and then whatever, crab, shrimp, yellowtail, tuna, I can add in there. Yeah, I like all the stuff that like my wife hates. Yes. <laughs> like, I like uni, I like uh, mackerel, I like squid, octopus, salmon roe. I love that stuff. Yummy. I love sushi. In fact, she brings me home salmon roe from work a lot. So thank you, mm-hmm. wifey. Uh, okay, so my restaurant is Buzz's Lighthouse. F- found it on a random Google search, Google Map search. Um, have you heard of it, Buzz's? It's, um, if you know where, what's that little bar called in the corner of Vanderbilt by the beach, beach box, maybe something like sandbox, beach box. It's just a block north of that. Um, I think it's the beach box. I think so. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit of an old Florida vibe to it. You know, uh, actually kind of more of a Cape Cod vibe, like very wooden bar and everything. And that hockey st- sticks up in the, like the rafters, which made me happy. But the food was fantastic, affordable. Uh, it was right on the water, kind of bayside, uh, which is kind of hard in Naples to find places on the water unless you want to pay a lot of money. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so this place was a little more modest, but the, the service was great. The food was great. Buzz's Lighthouse, check it out. Yay. <laughs> All right, Chris, what questions do you have for me this week? I got some good ones. Uh, first one, I'm afraid we may have done, but I'm not sure. So stop me if I did Okay. Okay. Um, two mothers and two daughters were fishing. They managed to catch one big fish, one small fish, and one fat fish. Since only three fish were caught, how is it possible that they each took home a fish? Read the first part again. Two mothers and two daughters were fishing. They caught three fish, but they all went home in one. How is that possible? Well, they all went home with one fish. Mm-hmm. There's only two households. Uh, each person went home with one fish is what they meant. Okay, you didn't say that. Well, it wasn't written okay. that way. <laughs> I was like, yeah, if there's only two households, of course they all went home with at least one. <laughs> so they caught a fat fish. Mm-hmm. A what fish? A small and a big. A small and a big. Which is each person came home with one fish. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you those adjectives are irrelevant. It's just meant to, you know, dissuade you a bit. So don't worry about the small, big, and fat. Hmm. You want to hint? Others. Oh, because there's only three people on the boat. Okay, how how do you explain that? If there's two mothers and two daughters. Because the grandma Boom. is the mother of the mom. Yep. The mom is the mother of the daughter. You got it. You go. You're smarter than me. Smart kitten. Either that or you've done that one before. I'm not sure. Yeah. We'll have I'm to just... go back and look. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> All right. Up next. If you were to put a coin into an empty bottle and then insert a cork into the neck, how could you remove the coin without taking out the cork or breaking the bottle? You want it again? Yes. If you were to put a coin into an empty bottle 
and then insert a cork into the neck. How could you remove the coin without taking out the cork or breaking the bottle? A coin in an empty bottle. Insert the cork. How do you remove the coin without breaking the bottle? Well, the cork, it hadn't stopped it, right? So can't you just flip it? Uh, what do you mean? Hello? Yeah, what, what do you mean? So like, it didn't say the cork stopped the bottle, right? Um, assume that it did. How do you remove the coin without breaking the bottle? Yeah, and this is not a trick one, really. This is this is just common sense. Well, I guess. I was like, not everybody's common sense is the same. It's not one of those like wording ones, you know. It's nothing like that. There, there's like a very sensible solution. I mean, I don't know how to remove a coin from a bottle unless you just put your finger in there and take it out. Okay, so but. Let's pretend it's like, you know, maybe you opened up like a bottle of wine, some of the cork cracked off and fell in, and then you corked uh -huh. the bottle, and you put the cork back in, and then you want to get that piece of cork out. How could you do that without removing the cork that you already put in? That you know, does that make sense? You just uncork it. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do that. That's that's the rule. How would you remove the cork without taking out the main cork? I've actually done this before, <laughs> by accident, by the way. I'm trying to think outside the box. I really don't know because it's like, I would literally take the cork out and just drain it. If you can't take it out, what else could you do with the cork? That cork only goes in two directions, in or out. Oh, I guess you, but I said you have to push it, you could push it in, didn't I say that? I don't think so. We'll have to re. We'll have to relist. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he pays attention to me. <laughs> so okay, so that you push it in, then what? And then you can reach in and get the coin, or you can flip the bottle over and let the coin hit the bottom. Okay, so you're saying push the the cork through the neck all the way? Yeah. All right, you got it now. That's it. <laughs> so sorry, sorry, sorry if you said that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I thought it in my head. I think that's what's going on. Most, uh -huh. most likely you just had it in your head. <laughs> so many thoughts are flying through your head. You're so smart that you, just, you, know, you weren't sure which one to come out of your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> okay, last one. What is the beginning of eternity, the end of time, and the beginning of every end, and the end of every place? The, the, I was about to say the hell. <laughs> Forever. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like a whatever. It's, you know, it's like one of those weird ones like that. But this one is a bit of a trick one. So what is the, the beginning of eternity, the end of time, the beginning of every end, and the end of every place? Infinity. <laughs> and no. beyond. No. The start or no. the end. I'm thinking too big. Oh thinking too big. Mm -hmm. Heaven or hell? Which one is it? 
Um, I'm going to give you a hint by telling you a little riddle that like a physical therapy student told me and she totally got me on this and I felt so stupid. So we're going to take a little sidebar here. Um, what does Y-E-S spell? Yes. Okay. What does E-Y-E-S spell? Eyes. See, yeah, you totally passed that one, right? I was like, yes. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Okay, so that's kind of a clue here. So what is the beginning of eternity? The end of time, the beginning of every end, and the end of every place? The beginning. No, you're close. <laughs> what, is the, what is the beginning of eternity? What is that? That's like such a like a... The end of very, time. A very broad, very broad. The beginning. What is wait, the beginning of eternity? Listen, I feel like listen, we're being philosophical right now. No, no, don't do that. Listen to how I'm saying this. What is the, the beginning of eternity? The end of time. The beginning of every end and the end of every place. I guess end. What? End. End. Uh, no, you're close though. You're on the right path. I give up. The letter E. That's bullshit. <laughs> that is so dumb, Chris. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> These people, this is not like anything amazing. Maybe we need to do away with the segments. What do you think? <laughs> no, because it makes us think and my brain needs to think more okay. so gotcha. out of the it's like brain stretching. Got it. It is. All right. So let's finish up. All right. With my favorite part of the podcast. Good news of the week. So this is going to come back from one of the Carolinas, of course, because it's my one of my favorite places. Um, a North Carolina man with stage four cancer wins the lottery and then plans a trip to take his wife of her dreams. So this um, older man um, won $250,000 on a scratch-off ticket after re receiving the diagnosis of stage four liver cancer. We all know liver cancer is bad, so you don't really come back from that. So Mr. Richard Bear of Charlotte is planning on taking his wife on her dream vacation enjoying himself after claiming his $250,000 prize of winning Carolina's black scratch-off ticket, scratch-off. He was recently diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. And he says, I want to travel while I still can and enjoy myself. My wife has always wanted to go to Italy. And since that's where her descendants are from, now I can take her. He's a retired mechanic and doesn't usually play the lottery, but one day he decided to stop in a quick trip in Charlotte and buy a ticket and jackpot. So he decided the ticket was like $5 and he won 250,000. So that was a good purchase. Richard, if um, you're listening, oh, sorry, continue. No, 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 no. I was just saying like, you know, he's, um, you know, after taxes and everything, he's going to be able to take home uh, $176,876 after, you know, state and federal tax. And he says, it feels great. It is such a relief. So that makes me excited for him. I think he deserves to go. I think he deserves to be able to spend time with his wife. So I'm so happy for them.
so yeah, what I was going to say is Richard, if you're listening, go to Florence, Florence is amazing. It's a very awesome, like walking city. Go see the Duomo. It's super cool. Check out all the Fornos, these little like pizza places all around town. It's so awesome there. I've never been to Italy. I'm jealous, Richard, because we were supposed to go for our honeymoon and then COVID happened. So one day I'll be able to follow in your footsteps and go. If you're listening, go to Florence. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> we're going to go to Florence because I want to do a wine like tasting. We want to stay in a little on a winery area or a uh, villa. Then, then you're probably going to want to go to Tuscany, most likely, right? I, I don't know. Them. I just yeah. want to go over there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Bree, should we wrap this one up? I think it's a wrap, friends. All right. Hip Impingement Month is over. I'm sure the listeners are thankful for that. Uh, <laughs> this is DJ Dr. Chris. And it's your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. This is Poppin' Bottles. See you next week. Bye, guys.